Hi, my friends. Welcome to this week's podcast. Not only this week, but this year. It's a brand new year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Brought in some friends for today's episode. Our friend Keith from Grassroot Catholic returns to the show, this time as a co-host. Uh, we talk about our Christmas mass experiences and how I had one of the worst mass experiences of my entire life, and it got into... Uh, uh, we recorded this before this week's whole discourse on the internet about kids and mass, and uh, that's what we talked about. So we were ahead, we were ahead of the party, I guess. We also talked about uh, piety and how uh, sometimes we have to choose love even if we're not in love, but how sometimes that can get old. So how do we uh, navigate that in our relationships, including our relationship with God? And also we have a guest this week, first time guest, Father Uncle Sam. It's not his real name, but he's the priest recruiter uh, for the Diocese of the Military. It's a whole world I didn't know about uh, when it comes to Catholicism and its uh, partnership with the military and how one becomes a priest uh, in the military, what they do. It's a really fun conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please subscribe. And uh, my challenge for you this year, a lot of times at the beginning of the, of the new year, people are looking for uh, new things to get involved in their faith, You know, try to improve their lives by going to the gym and going to mass war or whatever, right? Uh, but if you know anybody like that, or if you want to help encourage people to uh, get a little bit more Catholicism in their life, share the show with them. Hit subscribe for, your show, for yourself. Share this with a friend. We hope that you enjoy today's episode with Mr. Grassroot Catholic and Mr. Father Uncle Sam. <laughs> Two fake names for these people that you'll meet here now. Enjoy. And welcome into Forte Catholic. This is our first episode of the year. A brand new year with a uh, a brand new co-host. Our guest co-host today is Mr. Grassroot Catholic himself, Keith uh, Redacted last name. Hello, Keith Redacted. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Um, I'm was a great glad. Intro. Yeah, th thank you. It, it, it was until you uh, stepped over me uh, saying thank you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to co-host world where you just get made fun of constantly. Uh, so you've been on the show before. I, I went and looked it up. You were on, you were on another special episode. You were number 299. So right before the big celebration, we're like, Hey, let's get Keith on. And that was last summer. And, uh, you had some feedback for me on that episode after you heard it air. Well, it depends on what kind of feedback you're talking. If it sounds like I'm part of the lollipop guild, then yes, that's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was awful. My my voice, I had a mic that just was awful, and it made me sound was it an octave higher? Yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, octaves. Yeah, yeah, you sounded pretty strange. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, I, it sounds good to us currently. Hopefully, by the time we're done with it, you sound better now. So this is a little bit of redemption for you. Yes, it is, hundred <laughs> percent. You've also you've upgraded your mic. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, yeah, you know it's it's a USB mic, so it's not hundred percent perfect, but. It works. I, I am. I am. I am 100% perfect. I have done it. I've been to confession recently. We're all good. We're all good. Uh, so we have just celebrated Christmas. We have just celebrated the new year. And uh, you and I are going to talk a, bit, a little bit about our Christmas experience. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how we're moving into the new year. But before we do that, uh, for the eight people on the internet that haven't yet interacted with Grassroot Catholic on Instagram, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Grassroot Catholic and who Keith Redacted is? So, uh, Keith redacted, um, that's silly, silly. Um, so yeah, grassroot Catholic is just a, an Instagram channel that I guess I created a couple years back, primarily because I was, I was kind of bored during the pandemic and, uh, I wanted to use my talents that I had, uh, 
procured during my time at Arizona State University. I got a theater degree. And uh, so, yeah, I, I needed to do something to get the creative juices flowing. And as a geriatric millennial, I, I just wanted to um, help other geriatric millennials or millennials in general um, discover or rediscover lost traditions and, and things about our faith that I didn't know about, wish I knew about back in the day. Um, so I, I thought I'd do that with a little bit of humor mixed in. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, kind of been the the road until today. So I just learned a new wrinkle of this. You've never mentioned that you went to Arizona State before. I had no mm -hmm. idea that this was all coming from your skills that you learned from the devil. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the it, Arizona it, it, Sun Devils uh, are, are are your mascot, and that's where you. So you what you're saying is you got all your inspiration and skills from the devil in order to uh, start grassroots. Oh, uh, Taylor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes. All right. Got him. You we got him. Got me. FBI, go, go, go. <laughs> uh, as as someone who uh, who you know has a lot of family who are U of A fans, I've always had to practice said, yeah, no one's perfect. So it's it's a sanctifying humbling. I went to a bowl game when I uh, like a football bowl game when I was uh, real little. I was like probably 10, 10 years old. And we went to a bowl game at the Sun Devil Stadium, and there's just a oh. big, like, I don't know, 10-foot, 15-foot devil on top of the football stadium. And the yeah. little 10-year-old me, I'd be watching the football game, then I'd look up and be like, oh, no, I'm going to go back to the football game. You know, revert my eyes back to the field because it was terrifying for small little Taylor. <laughs> fun, fun fact, did you know the, the original logo of the Sun Devil was drawn by someone who worked at Disney? So that's why I don't know. I don't know what the logo looks like today. I haven't been keeping up, but uh, OG logo was uh, was drawn by someone who worked for Disney. Very interesting. So Disney and Grassroot Catholic both came out of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hearing you say. So um, you and I have become become friends, and we uh, you know we've DM here here and there. I think I uh, I think my favorite thing from our friendship is I just like uh, we, we were on uh, you know Instagram, and I did the like it has a video call thing within instagram and that was just a couple of times where i just like called you randomly because you're like my you know one of my trad friends and i'm like hey every time i have something trad i, I you know want to either something good from the trad world or something bad from the trad world i'm like hey i'm calling mr redacted we got to talk about this <laughs> and uh, a couple of times it's just been you know a little three minute video call and you're like what <laughs> you, but you always answer a couple of times uh i think we, we mentioned it the last time uh you know we you and i had a theological discussion while you were sitting at a bus stop getting sprayed mm -hmm. by the uh the the water of of cars driving by so mm -hmm. um you know we, we have we have a grand old history here we do yeah um so i have a couple of uh I ha I, ha I want to talk a little bit about uh, my Christmas, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll mm. talk about yours eventually, but I think you'll enjoy or hate uh, my Christmas weekend experience. So as you know, all anybody talked about in, in Advent was Mary, did you know, and, and uh, arguing about what masses we had to go to on Christmas weekend. Right. Like that was the only uh. thing anybody on, on the Catholic internet talked about for the last month or so. And I kind of land in the camp where, like, I don't know, man, the bishops say we have to go twice, but can of law, I'm pretty sure there's a loophole and you can just go once as long as you go to a certain one. That's kind of where I landed intellectually. But anytime I disagree with the church intellectually, but the bishops are saying, hey, we have to do this other thing, I tend to do what the bishops say just in case, right? Even if I disagree, right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be obedient, right? So 
that's kind of where I was going into like the crazy weekend, the fourth Sunday of Advent for a day and a half, and then Christmas for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go Saturday evening vigil for Sunday, and then Sunday evening vigil for Christmas, like for Monday, right? So that's the decision we made. We got the whole family going. We're, we're in a, uh, I traveled to my parents' house. So we're going to these parishes and like, we all have like some rough, uh, memories and encounters in a lot of the parishes in the town. So it was very hard to decide like where we're going to go. So we just decided to go like to the most neutral church. There's three little towns, three little churches in these three little towns. We decided to go to the most neutral church on Saturday evening mm-hmm. for Advent. And I had the single worst mass experience of my entire life at that church. Wow. Uh, it Your was entire life. My entire life. It was rough. Okay. Like um, I've been angry. It's a top 10 me being angry moment period like i've never been this angry in a church uh maybe once <laughs> it might be second but like I, I, uh yeah yeah that's another story for another day when people aren't <laughs> listening but this still it's the angriest i've ever been in mass hmm. my my heart rate was about to explode i've been having some heart problems and i started the new medicine even the new medicine couldn't help with mm-hmm. with this experience uh, and I, I tweeted about it and I was like, or kind of, I was like, Hey, I just had the worst experience I've ever had in mass. And someone asked, uh, one of your trad friends asked, was it a liturgy thing or like a people thing? Or a, I was like, well, it was 80% people. It was 80% the people in front of us. And I'll explain why in a second. And it was 20% liturgical, uh, which the other bad experience was 80% liturgical, 20% people so you you and i have had some discussions about liturgy you mm-hmm. you tend to be a little bit more traditional than me you you go to the latin mass mm-hmm. oh, solely do you solely go to the latin mass uh i mean so yeah we we go i mean there's been a few times where like for instance we had a time where i was on the freeway and a tire blew and we just weren't gonna make mass uh so we ended up going to you know nova sordo and yeah sure. stuff like that like we're not I'm not one of those trads where like it's heretical to go to the Novus Ordo. It's like, yeah, we, you know, we we go if we have to. Like there, you know, if there's any circumstances, but we try to treat our parish like it's our parish and not try to hop around too much. But sure. that that's the extent of it. Like it's nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the reason we went to this parish was one because um, the priest is really, really good, man. He's just super mm-hmm. welcoming. He does. Um, yeah. You would actually like when it comes to Novus Ordo stuff, it's mm. actually one of the more traditional Novus Ordo. Like we go and there's um, uh, there's not a full altar rail, but they do communion like there is an altar rail. Like we all walk up there and you know, you're like huh. typically people kneel or whatever. There's not kneelers, but everybody stands and either receives on the tongue or receives on the hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like. I don't even know how to ex- explain that. But instead of like going up in rows, like you typically do at a no mm. sort of mass, you go up to the altar and the priest moves and you stand there. Am I explaining this well? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I'm picking up what you're, you're putting down. It's like traditional altar rail, just without the altar rail. So yeah. you go up and okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, like the just the physical space of the church doesn't have the altar rail, but yeah. Um, the priest is usually really good. Like he he runs like a pretty tight ship liturgically, and he's a great homilist. And the music is always very good. We typically go like when I typically go to this pass uh, mass, it's like the Sunday evening, and the music is really good. They do the um, they do the thing where like kind of the balance between the Novus Ordo and like the traditional thing where they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we're gonna do the opening hymn, but when we're done with the opening hymn, like in the same key of that song, we're gonna sing the 
what is it called? The collect or whatever? The opening mm-hmm. opening song, opening little thing that yeah. we're supposed to sing instead of an opening hit, whatever. So pretty traditional nice. place, but like the two of the primary reasons that we went there was the priest is a very good homilist and the music is mm-hmm. very good. But but because of this strange weekend of like, hey, we have to go to mass twice within the 48 hours period. I'm pretty sure they put all the good music, all the good musicians went to the Christmas mass that we weren't mm. at. And we got the like D team, F team, G team <laughs> of musicians. Dang. And the, uh, the priest, because again, he sang a lot of masses this weekend. Like I understand it. It was just kind of frustrating because of what, yeah. you know, one of the reasons we chose to go there. Uh, he did not give the homily and he's a, a tremendous homilist. And it was a deacon, which like, okay, fine. Like, I, I like intellectually, I understand it. But yeah. um, have you ever listened to like, it's kind of become a trend over the last few years. I'm like a white noise guy when I sleep. I need white noise. But have you ever heard the like sleep stories or like, hey, listen to this person talk and it'll yeah. put you to sleep? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was the deacon's homily. Uh. Uh, like content wise, very good. I'm actually later in the show going to share some, like some of the content of what he shared really spoke to me. But dude, it was so hard to stay awake. He would talk like this. And Jesus was born in a stable. And it went on for 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And probably was probably stuffy in there, I'd assume, too. Like a little warm. And then just like the perfect, like... The planets aligning to you just to probably probably nod off or just daydream. Yeah, perfect necktie. I was about to grab this blanket that's pinned up behind me, just like <laughs> wrap it around my body and go to sleep in my pew. Mm-hmm. But that was only twenty percent of it. that. That kind of stuff. It's like okay, it's not exactly why we came, yeah. but we can, we we, can, we we've all lived with bad or quiet, you know, sleepy homilies, and we've all dealt with music that isn't the best. Like that's that's a, just a normal part of being Catholic, right? That, that mm-hmm. that's just the, that's just the twenty percent. It only knocked it down to the eighty. What knocked it down from yeah. an eighty to a zero was the family in front of us. And mm. I've railed about this before. It was like probably two, three years ago. So I'm not going to do the whole rant again. But uh, f- parents, four kids in front of us. One was a baby. I'm not mad at the baby. I'm mad at everybody else in this scenario. <laughs> the three other kids, probably six, eight, 10, 12. You know, so, you know, uh, so uh, they're somewhere in that okay. range, right? Just zero parenting. Zero parenting in mass. Zero. Like daughter, like elbow constantly elbowing dad like fighting him and he's just standing there with his hands clasped you know praying engaged uh you know like what whatever the kids could do to fidget like 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 opening and closing uh like the little thing that holds the gather hymnals or whatever the little hymn mm-hmm. books and the missalettes yeah, yeah. he was just constantly like moving like there was a screw loose and he's like pow 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 like it was it was like you know like daddy daycare inside of of this mass dude and it it was one of those things, like, it, w- it went on for, I mean, it was an hour, 20 mass or whatever. Like, it went on for an hour and, and 20 minutes. Where, like, by the end, it's driving me, it's so distracting. It is, like, I think it's a pet peeve for me of, like, parents not parenting their kids, mm-hmm. just in general. But then especially, yeah. like, in mass, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I remember the olden days, but, like, we, we would make a little giggle, and we were grounded for a day, and we got no donuts after mass. And, like, dad looked, gave me the eyes like he was going to kill me. You know, like... And then, I, I, so it it was a it seemed to be a pretty traditional. The the adults seemed to be pretty traditional, and I don't know. I've seen this trend where like a lot of tra- more traditional parents are like 
kind of seemed to have this idea of like, we're just going to let our kids be kids at mass. Um, you know, they're just kids like kind of, you know, which like I can understand to a, to a point. Right. But like mm. at some point when your kid's throwing a temper tantrum and you're just ignoring it and having like we, everybody else in the parish has to deal with it. It's rough. It's rough. So uh, I wanted to know one, you know, I, I typically go to Novus Ordo. You typically go to Latin Mass, but you're around a lot of more traditional parents. Have Have you seen that trend, or is this just like a a rare enough thing that it hasn't that you haven't experienced it? Of like the parents are going to have their prayer time with God and never address the kids, whether they're being very quiet or incredibly loud and annoying. <laughs> I I've seen it a, a couple of times uh, where, like you said, the 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 parents are just kind of tuning their children out, and it's like. I get where you're, what you're trying to do, but because what you're doing, it's distracting everybody. And, you know, I, I try to like, remember like, yeah, the mass isn't about me, but then like they, he should know that the mass isn't about him either by like him ignoring, you know, her ignoring their children. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, are you aware of, of your, your children? And, you know, my daughter is like, you know, you see a lot of these families that are just like very quiet and like you said, very holy. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. And then my, my, my daughter, she's just not like that. She's very like physical and she wants to talk and, and like, I, I'm not going to leave her be like, I would love to ignore her and focus on the mass, like, <laughs> but I, that would just be incredibly rude to everybody else around me. So like, right. I miss the homilies quite often, um, just trying to get her to, uh, settle down. And because it's a lot mass, it's a little bit longer. So we need that break, that little snack break, just because of the timing of the mat. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where like, I have to make the sacrifice in order for maybe to not disrupt people that don't have children or that really need to hear the homily or just be present with Jesus. So it's, it's tough. Yeah, It's tough. And it's one of those things that we're going to talk a little bit uh, uh, throughout our topics today of like finding this balance within Catholicism, mm -hmm. right? We're like, it is a good thing that like kids should be welcome at mass. Like on one hand, kids should be welcome yeah. at mass and kids are going to coo and babble and make noise and eat Cheerios and probably, you know, like you know, when the bells go off, what was that? Like why it's super quiet. Like kids are going to do kids stuff, right? Yeah. But on the other side, it's like you, we still have to be like respect like loving your neighbor also applies to mass like you like if like, no it doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's outside of mass okay we all we have to love god in mass and love neighbor outside we can't do both in both you know no. we gotta pick and choose our battles <laughs> you know humans can't multitask <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so uh, like you know it's it's good to want to be reverent at mass but it's also good to like be respectful of the people around you and like a lot of times it's like, okay, maybe, may, maybe if we're 10% off from each other on that, okay, we can live with that. Like maybe I, you know, I would love for you to parent your kid 10% more and you'd love for me to be 10, 10% more understanding or whatever. But when it's like, when we're a hundred percent different, it's just like, how, how did we get here? How did we get here? Right. Where mm. like, like I'm sitting in mass and like my butt, my blood is starting to boil. I can literally <laughs> feel my heart rate, like going crazy. My blood pressure is going insane. Like it's it's clearly affecting like like my whole family sitting behind them it's clearly affecting the people behind us like it's just like this whole section of church is dealing with this and we're supposed to be here you know celebrating our last sunday of advent our last week of advent did so having that experience after like do did i really have to go twice in a weekend which like okay yes no whatever right 
But I chose to go. I chose to do the right thing. And this is how God rewards me. I was so frustrated. <laughs> it, it was a lesson. Deeper meaning there, Taylor. What, you, what you was needed, it? Do you, you have needed, any idea? You needed, <laughs> you needed the, the extra humility and the sanctification. Okay. Uh, does it count if I just griped about it the whole drive home? <laughs> well, it dep- you were venting. Okay. You weren't complaining. Yeah. You were venting. Okay. Yeah, I uh, literally, literally the like actual meaning of venting. I was 110 degrees. I needed to vent to go down the tent so I could be healthy. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, how was your how was your Advent Christmas weekend masses? <laughs> I mean, it, it was comparatively uneventful, but uh, <laughs> it's still the same thing. It was like you know, people. I feel like people made this scheduling for mass this year confusing on their own end as opposed to just like well you do this or do this or that i just did like kept it simple we went to mass on sunday and then we went to mass on monday like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to make it any more confusing so that's what we did um it's so strange in and i don't know if this is for the same for all traditional latin mass parishes but apparently the most attended mass is midnight mass and so the, la- the next two masses are just not very attended much at all. So it was actually pleasant. Mm. I I didn't have any issues, although we had to miss, you know, I, I had to miss uh, the homily. So that was kind of a bummer, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like kind of going back, I'd rather, I'd rather take one for the team than someone else have to suffer. You know, my child just gallivanting across the pew. So. Amen. Amen. I honestly, I think that's, that's the healing I needed. It's like, Hey, this trad guy gets it. He's not being a jerk to everyone. <laughs> you know, there, there'll be time when I will miss this time. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So I, I have to take, that's the, I think it's all mental. Like if, if you're going to be a parent, you have to realize that going to mass is going to be completely different. Like you won't be able to just sit and take it all in. I just, that will come eventually again, but right. not for a while. Yeah. I remember being, uh, that brings me back to 10 years ago, like being a new dad, newly married. You know, we, we had a kid nine months after we got married. Like, I mean, it all happened pretty quick. And I was in uh confession with uh, probably, I don't know, a month or two after my son was born. And I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, feeling so terrible. I was like, oh, my prayer life is terrible. Like, yeah, I'm not paying mm-hmm. attention in mass. I used to go, I used to pray all the time. I used to read my Bible. And now all I can do is white butts and go to school and go to work and it's terrible and he's just like it's just going to be different it's just like there's just you're, it's just a different call of holiness it's like yes you yeah. still should pray you still should try to pay attention to mass when you can but like you said it's just it's just a different season their choirs are different mm-hmm. um not that yeah. the call to holiness is different it's just that that how you act it out is gonna look a little different so totally um so uh, nothing eventful in the negative way. Was there any, was there, I, I, obviously you, d- you didn't hear one of the homilies, but uh, was there any uh, Christmas insights? Because I actually did get one Christmas insight from the, uh, from the Sleepy Sleepy homily. <laughs> uh, the one part that I remember before being escorted uh, out of the, uh, <laughs> the, the mass uh, was the, just, and this is, I don't know how well known this is, but I remember hearing about this previously, but it always just, it's always nice to hear that Jesus was born in a manger, which is where animals eat from in a town called Bethlehem, which is bread. So it's just, it's like the Eucharist is in the the nativity. Like you just have to look into it. So I thought that was really cool to to hear again. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was pretty. 
Yeah, I always thought manger was just like, we really cleaned up the word trough for this Christmas story. <laughs> like, you know, it's a manger. He's in swaddling clothes. Oh, it's so sweet. No, it has a trough. There's probably pig slop all over him, you know? Yeah, there's remnants of rotten food probably in around the area. So Nasty. no no biggie. Nasty. Yeah. Um, the, the one that I got from, from the Sleepy Sleepy homily was that uh, the innkeeper was not the bad guy. I, the innkeeper gets such a bad rap that you, you know he was saying that he always gets uh, he always play like like a kid's Christmas plays or whatever for for school or for whatever. It's like no, go away, Jesus, you're not welcome here. And it's like this. Everybody's like, oh, he's so anti Christ, he's terrible. I'm like, nah, man, he's just a good businessman. He, he's not, it was a big holiday. Everybody was coming for the census. He filled up his hotel. Joseph didn't book online. It, it, this is this is not this is not persecution. It's manufactured persecution that we think the innkeeper was a bad guy. He's just good at his job, and the the, the inn was full. Maybe Joseph should have booked online for his pregnant wife so that they wouldn't have to eat from a trough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Like, how did he know that this was? like going to be the, the son of God. Uh, didn't know. I can't imagine. They'd be like, hey, do you know who's in here? Can we just maybe work something out? No, that's... It's like, no, yeah. she's pre- she's about to pop. I don't want that in here. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It got me thinking, uh, you know, that that's the part I heard. And then uh, while he was trying to put me to sleep, I had to keep my mind awake. So I was like, it's just like Christians are always faking persecution. Like, oh, <laughs> the world is so against us. I'm like, maybe we just need to figure it out. We can't blame all of our mistakes on the world. <laughs> maybe it was our incompetence at times. <laughs> We're so bored that we have to make these things. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the last thing I wanted to share from, so the Christmas mass was our, you know, the, the, the next evening for us was, mm-hmm. was our redemption. We went, uh, it was like a, a children's mass, like the children's choir saying, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing the Christmas carols, you know, it's Christmas time now, you know, we get in our Oh, Holy night and our, um, uh, silent night and all the, you know, all the Christmas traditional hymns, you know, like, great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the mass was good. The, it was, it was cool. Like it was, it was the parish I grew up in. So I saw a bunch of people that like, you know, were influential in my life when I was, when I was nice. a kid. Great. Just, just cool, cool experience. Uh, but I thought of you, legitimately thought of you on Christmas. This was Christmas Eve because we were there at the vigil. Wow, I feel blessed. Thank you. We had already scheduled that we were gonna that we were gonna talk, and like we scheduled yeah. it with like not really knowing what we were talking about. We kind of knew vaguely we were talking about Christmas, maybe the New Year or whatever, right? Um, but I, I literally heard the last hymn, and I was like, ah, gotta tell Keith Redacted about this uh, because um, we sang all the Christmas hymns all throughout mass. And then for the closing hymn, we sang Feliz Navidad, you know, the old C- Catholic classic Feliz Navidad. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> you know, there's worse songs. They could have sung. <laughs> that's the, I, you that's know, a, you're, you're, you're in a very charitable mood today. <laughs> I, it's Christmas. You know? I gotta, gotta be, no, seriously like that. My expectations are are aren't very high anymore. So <laughs> that and that you know what, Felice Navidad. It, it, there's Merry Christmas in there somewhere. So you sure. know, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I just I would probably roll my eyes if that if I saw that happen. But you know, I rolled my eyes for you. Uh, I Thank really you. did. Thank I, you. I really I did. I rolled my eyes for you. Even me, the the less trad of the two of us, was like, "Come on!" <laughs> the only thing that made me feel better about this was um, another thing that I've shared before. Whenever Father says the mass is ended, go in peace. The mass is over. So if you want to sing Feliz Navidad, technically you're not singing Feliz Navidad at mass because mass ended 12 seconds That's- ago. 
You're very correct. <laughs> that, you know, if we're getting technical, <laughs> so is uh, over. if you know, stop, stop glaring at me when me and my family are leaving early because we're not leaving early. He said the oh. mass has ended. We all heard him. <laughs> we all agreed this was over. Stop glaring at me, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, all right. That was, that was our Christmases. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, your experience was, was better than mine and that you're, uh, I, 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 I just really loved my Christmas experience and laughed on your behalf and rolled my eyes on your behalf at my Christmas mass. So I'm glad, I'm glad yours was uneventful. <laughs> the, the coming of the, of the King was uneventful for you. Awesome. <laughs> Shut it, Taylor. <laughs> Obviously. No, I'm, I'm just a little disappointed that nothing crazy happened. And and yeah, I'm a little jealous that you had an eventful Christmas mass. Have you ever? I mean, we, we all know that eventful things happen in Nova Sordo all the time. Have you ever had a like eventful weird thing happen at Latin Mass, or is that like a never once? Um, no, nothing weird. I mean, every once in a while, you, you get some interesting individuals that happen to come in during Mass, and the the um ushers are amazing at our parish like they they as soon as they see someone come in and it, there's something a little off they like hey hey how you doing uh are you this is the first time you're here like they they know to kind of is the thing that's off the fact that they're speaking in english <laughs> <laughs> yes they're, they're not speaking in latin uh, 100%. uh no so it's they're really i've heard some stories but it's never been one it's never on a sunday mass um those are pretty Pretty kept, um, I guess, I mean, these ushers typically are, are police or, you know, someone in, in that particular realm. So they're they're very good at their job. I'll good. just say there's, there's never any incidents. But literally the liturgy police. <laughs> the liturgy police, yeah. Um, you know, I've I've seen on the other on the other side of the spectrum, you know, the theatrical plays of the gospel reading, which not a fan of Taylor fan. <laughs> But I, yeah, anyways, we're going to take a break. Uh, when you, when you and I are going to resume in, in our third segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, New Year's and some, you're like the, in my mind, at least you're like the king of piety. You talk about pi- piety and uh, and reverence all the time because of your, Get out of here. Uh, your love for, uh, I, I'm not saying you're pious. I'm just saying you talk about it a lot. So we're going to talk, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Uh, right. But right now we're going to take a break and we're going to, uh, we're going to throw it to an interview that I did with Father Uncle Sam. And I'm going to explain nothing else. You're just going to stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. If you are listening to this the week that this comes out, I am currently in Ireland. I am traveling overseas for the first time. I'm speaking at a youth conference uh, for the Ciro Malabar Youth Movement over in Dublin, Ireland. This is the first time I've ever gone overseas. The first time, obviously, I've spoken overseas because you, you have to you know, travel to do that. Uh, I'm really, really excited speaking at a two-day youth conferences for kids uh, in the Ciro Malabar uh, Rite of Catholicism, which is the Indian Rite over in Ireland. We'll be talking about that more on next week's episode, another reason to subscribe. But uh, it's a great uh, chance to tell you that I am still booking events to speak, lead worship uh, at Paris's conferences, uh, Catholic schools, uh, whatever for this year. The best way you can um, find out more about what I can do, my speaking, uh, my music, 
leading retreats, leading uh, parish missions, whatever, is at fortecatholic.com slash booking, F-O-R-T-E catholic.com slash booking. Uh, so if you're involved in your parish or if, or if you're the priest or you work there or you're like a, a, a volunteer or something in a ministry, I'd love to come. I can, I've you know spoken to youth for years. I've been speaking to adults now for a few years. Uh, you know, men's retreats, uh, uh, I guess not women's retreats. I can come for a second, but you know, I'm not going to chill out, I guess. Uh, conferences, uh, Catholic schools, uh, whatever you have going on. If you need a, a speaker, musician, retreat leader, I would love to do it. Um, check out more of what uh, I've done in the past, including what I'm doing in Ireland over at fortacatholic.com slash booking. Thanks. Welcome back to Fortnite Catholic. I am still Taylor Stroll, but we've got a new face and a new name here for you today. We've got a, a fancy, fancy guest today uh, from the Army. He's a priest, Army recruiter, Father Peter Pompasello. We've, we've got hey, some Italian hey, friends Taylor, over here. Good. Nice nice to see you. Nice to meet you here in person for the first time. We've talked over on, on Instagram primarily where you are fr.unclesam, which is a lot easier That's to right. say than your real name. I see why you did the branding there. <laughs> well, you know, that branding, it really kind of speaks to my current role in the Army, too, because, you know, that, the whole idea of priest, patriot, and recruiter. And that's what I do. I bring priests into the Army. That's great. And 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 wasn't that uh, so Uncle Uncle Sam, I, I just remember seeing him on photos. I, I I didn't really know what he was doing, but I knew that he was a thumbs up and he really wanted me to, uh, to join him. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so uh you and i met on instagram and i was like oh this guy's like legit like he's been on 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 fox news he's been on cbs talking about the the role that you do and now you're hanging out with little old us uh hey, to, to, to talk about good. what you're doing <laughs> you know I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because you know fox news and i did a cbs i did a cbs news new york which was a big market new york new jersey connecticut and those are great spots for leverage to things like this, I really believe that in my current role as a priest recruiter, to get down to the grassroots and to get down to the eaches of individuals who are interested in being a priest and being a soldier, it's shows like yours that are really gonna they're really gonna produce the vocations and the leads that ultimately that's really what I'm looking for. The other stuff is great leverage, it's a nice splash, it's very attractive, but it, and it adds to the legitimacy of our mission. But I, I, I'm and I'm talking right to your audience, Taylor. You, I know you have young men that are thinking about the priesthood and maybe they have a heart for their country. And it's like, call me, get in touch with me, get in touch with me through through Taylor or DM me on, on Instagram and we'll have the conversation. It's like, you know, young men uh, discerning. It's like, do I want to be in the military? Do I want to be a priest? It's like, why not both? We've yes. got, we've got you to cover. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I could give you a little bit of my own story, how that, how that happened. If, if you want to hear it. I was just going to ask you, cause you said that you were, you know, priest, patriot and, and, and soldier. And like, which, which one of those came first for you? Like, I, I know, I know you're going to, you're a priest. So you have to say God's the most important, but like in order of, of, of the story, what happened first? How, how do you become a priest recruiter? I, I would say, well, so the way it all happened first was I had been an ROTC student. I was a scholarship recipient and I wanted to be in the infantry. I just wanted to be an infantry officer. And the, the needs of the army ebb and flow with the news cycle, you know? So at the time I thought I was going to be a, a full-time soldier and I was going to be in the infantry the first Gulf War back in 91 flared up when I was a senior. So all of the all of the RTC students that were a year older than me, they had deployed. They went to oh, the wow. desert, Saddam Hussein and and you know, Kuwait and all of that. That all happened without me. And by the time I got 
commissioned through the R, through the RTC program, the war was over, and they were trying to downsize. They were trying to downsize so much they offered reserve commissions to the top ten percent of West Point graduates that year. That's oh how my goodness. Yeah, desperate yeah. they were. Because and and to just be quick about it, like with the three branches of service, you can't just stop building planes. You can't just stop building ships, but you can cut payroll on soldiers. <laughs> right, right, and that's, right. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they do. You know, that's how the government saves money. So that was that was where my my heart for service really came in. And then it was about eight years later, I wound up being a reserve officer. I was a school teacher and I taught New York City public school. I loved what I did. I was. It sounds like going to war. I mean, teaching public school in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was actually I landed a plum. I, I had I had taught in some pretty rough areas in, in, in Brooklyn and then on the North Shore of Staten Island. I wound up but I wound up by the grace of God. I wound up on the South Shore of. Staten Island, which was a pretty plum assignment. And I was teaching computers at a, a time in which like I would like, okay, hey kids, listen. <laughs> don't 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 tell anybody, but I'm gonna teach you how to pass notes in class today. <laughs> it's it's called email. <laughs> So, so then you realize that kids weren't going to need to be taught the internet anymore because they were just going to grow up with it in the palm of their hands. So then you, you, so you, then, then you, then you became a priest. What happened then? Because I, I'm, I'm here calling you father, not a uh, computer teacher. <laughs> so that was all going on and it was all in its infancy. Nobody really saw that it was going to be like, I mean, there's more power on the phone that we we're talking on than, than right. the computers I had, but I, I kind of got hit over the head. I would say it was a bit of a one, two punch. Um, I, at about a about a year apart, I I had the summers off. I was a school teacher, and I would I was uh, taking these great long bicycle trips. Uh, I was a big cyclist. I rode a bicycle from New York to Los Angeles. I rode a bicycle from England. I took it I took it to the coast of Dover, and then I I took a hovercraft and I toured all of Europe one summer. And that was the summer of conviction. I I rode a bicycle from. From the coast of France in Normandy all the way, I went to Paris, then I went north. I went as far north as Amsterdam, and then I followed the Rhine River, down Germany, over the Alps into Switzerland, and then into Italy. All this time, as a tourist, I'm visiting churches, and I was embarrassed. I was kind of mortified that I was going into these churches, and I felt like a tourist in these Catholic churches. Oh, yeah. I felt very convicted. I was like... I need to start going to mass again. Like I, what am I doing? And, and I just, that was, that was the, I had fallen away from really any kind of regular attendance at mass. I had fallen away. I I was barely going on Christmas and Easter, but that was like, that's where I just, I, by the power of the Holy spirit, I came home and I said, you know what, what am I doing? No, I'm going back. I got to go home. I got to go home to the church. So by the grace of God, I made a good confession. And then I committed myself like very earnestly to Sunday mass. And, and then that, then it just spiraled. It's like, well, why not daily mass? I'm like, daily mass. <laughs> like little old ladies go to daily mass. Right. I'm not going to go to daily mass with these little old ladies, but I did. It was about a year later. I, I started going to daily mass and then, uh, and then to kind of keep it short, but I did, I, I fell in love deeply and very, Oh, it was like, I was ready to get married. A uh, young, a young nurse. She was about my age. We were talking about marriage, and it was all like it was all on track, ready to go. And then it got derailed. It was like, no, not 
marriage, but the priest did. I'm like, what? Like, why? <laughs> why? And then the worst <laughs> thing was, when I, like, why? I want to have kids. I want to I get married. I, and then the worst of it was when I finally had the courage to tell her, you know, thinking about, think about being a priest. And she's like, I could see that. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> That's always a tough conversation. I've heard of, of other priests, uh, either priests or people who went to seminary and then maybe maybe they left after. But like, that's a hard conversation because, like, from the girl's perspective, it's like I'd rather be with no girl than be with you. <laughs> you know, like that's tough. <laughs> you know what? And that was it's excellent. That's a great way to put it too. Because, but by the grace of God, and you know, I thank her. Her name is Dawn. So, uh, I, I thank God for the gift that that, Dawn, that we had this relationship. Dawn and I had this relationship, and I'm so grateful for it because Dawn gave me the freedom. I, I, she knew. She knew how earnest I was with her. She knew I wasn't playing games. It wasn't like, oh, I'm thinking about being a priest, and I just wanted to ghost her. But she kind of I, – I really believe, not to get too, too deep about this, but I think she saw the vocation in me as well, mm. and she trusted me. And she said, you know what? Until you're convinced, I know you love me, and I, and I think I communicated to her, and I think she believed me. I was like, it was one or the other. Either we're getting married, or I'm going to become a priest. Yeah, That's it. And she really, she trusted me, and we, we dated another six months, and then I really became convinced, and I was like, I got to go. And, and that was, uh, that's going on, oh my goodness, that's about 27 years ago. I'll be 20 years a priest. And here we are in the new year. So I'll wow. be 20 years of priest in just a few months. Wow. That's awesome. So you, um, I don't, I don't know how, uh, you become a military priest. So like, were you a diocesan priest first and then become the military or is the military out here training priests? <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, no, that's, that's an excellent question. Thanks for giving me the platform to talk about this too, because, because it is, it's so mysterious. Like how do you, the, the army, the army. Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, Space Force, VA hospitals, they're just federal entities. They have needs. They have needs to serve the patients, the airmen, the sailors, and the soldiers. So they look for what is called an endorser, an endorsing agency that they can get in a relationship with, and they know that that this endorsing agent is legitimate in their, in their provision of the first amendment and the first amendment rights of our people. And they're legit. They're not, they're not, um, you know, they're not some radical group that that's against the United States or, you know, or is trying to infiltrate the United States. They're, they're legitimate religious leaders. So the Catholic church is very special. It's the only, and I can't find another one. And I've been recruiting for a year now. This is the only religious group in which it has one endorsing agent. There are many endorsing agents for Baptists, for Methodists, for, you know, different conferences of Lutheranism. And then even even uh, Jewish rabbis and Muslims have different endorsing agents. But we only have one endorsing agent for the Archdiocese of the military, and that's Archbishop Broglio. Archbishop Timothy Broglio is the endorsing agent. So so here it is to kind of just give you give it to you very succinctly. Archbishop Broglio, who is a, a an archbishop, he's a Catholic archbishop, and he's a religious leader. He is not a part of the federal government at all, but he signs a, a, a Department of Defense form, a DD-20 ABA, and it's his signature 
that then becomes the authorizing piece of paper to the army. The army looks at this piece of paper and says, well, we know Broglio. We trust. We touched Archbishop Broglio. We know him. We don't know you, but he says you're legit Right on the religious end. Come this way. We're going to go over here. And now we're going to go eyes, ears, nose, throat. Can you jump? Can you skip? Can you hop? Can you, you know, background checks? We're going to fingerprint you. We're going to do all this other stuff. So that's, that's, it's like very, it's a razor's edge between the church and the government that, that DD 2088. So my, my, my question is, so like for a, a guy listener, like I, I, you know, I coach uh, track here at a local Catholic school. So like a, a young man's interested in becoming a military priest, but, but there it's, there's this one, there's this one Bishop, um, but it doesn't sound like he has his own seminary. So like, how, like how, how, how do you sign up? How, like, I, I'm thinking of like a young man at the parish, like how does he get to where you are? So every so they call me first. That's first. <laughs> they, call, they get in touch with me first because uh-huh. here's the thing: the archdiocese for the military serves all those entities I mentioned: yeah. Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, uh, and VA hospitals. We serve all those entities, but the archdiocese of the military has no priests of their own. Every really? Priest okay. okay. Is on loan to the services from the, the generosity. God bless the generosity of all these other ordinaries, these these bishops and archbishops and religious uh, provincials. So the Franciscans, the Jesuits, they all have the opportunity to contribute as well. I'm working with a redemptorist right now that please God will will bring him in because of his his superior's permission. But they're on loan until until they're not really. I mean, there's a minimum there's a minimum obligation of about 36 months. But my my cell phone could ring after this interview and my own ordinary could say, hey, I need you to come home. Mm. And I mean, it doesn't happen that quickly. There would be another conversation, obviously, with Archbishop Broglio, who sure. is deeply invested in trying to serve the needs of his diocese. So, you know, that's going to be a, another conversation for at another level between the bishops. But he has no priests of his own. We're all on loan from our respective diocese. But here's the reason why I want your guys to call me first. I'll give you this as an example. It's a good way of looking at it. Every bishop has their needs to serve their diocese, right? So what what what, what diocese are you out, out in Texas? Austin. 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 So the Bishop of Austin, he has his needs and he has his seminarians and his priests to fill those needs. So for me to just go out to Austin and say and and start prospecting priests there without the bishop's permission, that's kind of bad form. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. First of all, who are you? And why are you talking to my my priest for the I, I, army? I have a paper from Bishop Broglio. <laughs> it doesn't work as well there. Huh? Yeah. No. So it's like, so why am I, you know, like what what am I doing fishing in his in his backyard? Sure. And that's a legitimate that's that's legitimate uh You're question, stealing fish that have already been caught. <laughs> which is why, which is why exactly why you hit it. I want to go upstream. My best success is to go upstream. Because Taylor knows a guy in his parish who's just thinking about it and hasn't spoken to anybody else. Now I can show up and say, hey, this guy wants to be in the army and he wants to be a priest. Are you willing to do this? Like, can we can we pair up and we could what we call co-sponsor? We could have a co-sponsorship relationship where where Archbishop Broglio will pay for half of his education. His local bishop will pay for half and and we'll share we'll share his priesthood. Because the day's going to come. I mean, for every priest, well, we we will all be too old, too sick, or too dead 
to serve in the military. <laughs> little too dead. And, Not too much too and, dead. Just a, a little, little too, too dead. dead. <laughs> but I'm going to go home. So, like, for example, for me, um, I'll be 20 years a priest this year. I'll be, I'll be 55 years old. I only have about nine years of service left in me. And then I'll go home. And I'll serve my priesthood back in the Archdiocese of New York. And I'll be jazzed and excited to do it with all of the leadership experience that the Army has given me and all of the, you know, all of the, the practical, you know, life experience that I can bring back to my diocese. I served for 10 years in the Archdiocese of New York. I was a pastor in the Bronx. Shout out to Holy Cross. And I, I did that for 10 years. And now I've been on loan for 20 years. And please God, I go back and I'll, I'll do another 10 years until I retire from the priesthood overall. Yeah. Administratively, that is. Sure. I, yeah, I, do yeah. your listeners understand that? You, you under, you, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that, what it means for a priest to retire, because that can sound a little strange. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you answered my, my, what was my next question, which was like, I, I didn't know about the co-signing thing. Cause I, I would imagine like ha- talking to one of these young guys that I know or whatever of like, they want to do the military and the priesthood, but like, I've been around enough, uh, priests to know that obedience is actually the hardest of the promises or the, the, the vows that you guys make as, because you know, things can be difficult when, but like, I, I know that I would be, and I would imagine most people would be frustrated if like, Hey, I want to be in the military and, and the, um, and, and a priest, but then they get done with the seminary and, and their home bishops like, nah, you're with me. It's like, that would be first. So I didn't know about the co-signing thing. And that, that sounds like it, it's a process that works. It is a process that works because it's right up front that, okay, this young man, I'm working with an applicant right now who he's he's in the army but now he's going to pause from the army for a little bit and he's going to be educated to become a priest and he'll come back in the army and everybody understands that his bishop understands it the archbishop of the military understands it and it's great it's great it didn't work that way for me i um i had been military i didn't know about the co-sponsorship program and i (laughs) had actually discerned i was kind of torn between a monastic vocation for myself as well as this attraction to, it just made sense to me. I'm like, well, I'm in uniform. Like we need priests in the army. Like, why don't I do that? That was going that it's, I was pretty confident that that's what was going to happen under my current archbishop, God rest him, Cardinal O'Connor at the time that I was in seminary, but then he passed away. I, I got another Cardinal archbishop who was not open to the idea. God love him. Uh, Cardinal Egan, he ordained me, but he was like, no, I need you here. And I was like, okay. And I served him for 10 years. I was four years of parish priest. And then I was six years a pastor for him. It was in my fifth year as a pastor for him that he retired. And that's when everything changed. Right. And then God bless Cardinal Dolan, who's my current, my current archbishop. And I, I said, I'm not getting any younger. I said, I, I, I really <laughs> want to do this. And, and he was like, yeah, he says, I, I think you should. I think you'd be a good fit. And I'm so blessed. I, I'm so grateful to him. This is, this is now my 10th year as, as a, it's actually, it's, it's, it's big deal. Comes this June of 24, half of my priesthood will have been in the army. That's cool. I did half of my priesthood at, no, at home and I'll, I'll have done half of my priesthood in the army. That's really cool. Uh, let's close with this. Let's, there's a story that you wanted to share about uh, another priest who had some military connections that you wanted to share with us. Why don't you, why don't you kick us oh, off? Oh, yeah, sure. So so Father Emil Capon is... Um, he he was he was a, a a priest in the army who served in the Korean War, and he is 
Hey, his cause for sainthood is up. And I, I encourage your, your viewers to look him up, Father Emile Capon. And he he gave of himself in his priesthood to his soldiers in the suffering of concentration camps under under the oppression of the Chinese during during the wow. Korean War. And his body was was thought to have been just gone, you know, like as he died in the prison camp. Um, but so many his story was told by so many faithful prisoners who survived because he put he made took the risk to steal food for them and to minister to them. His body w- had disappeared for many years, but then his body was rediscovered only about I, I think it's less than ten years ago that it was found because of DNA evidence and all oh, of that. Cool. It was found, and his body was largely found intact and interred in Hawaii, and it was brought home. And his story is coming up in in a movie that we're going to. Uh, I, I'd love to come back and talk to you about it, Fighting Spirit, and it's it's uh, it's an inspirational story of of what it is to to give yourself and sacrifice to God and country so completely as father Emil Carpon did. That's really cool. That's really cool. Thanks for saying that. I, I had heard of his name, but I didn't, I didn't know that he was military. I, I had heard, I'd heard the name just cause it's fun to say. And then I knew yeah. that his like can, you know, cause for canonization was up, but I didn't even know that he had a military connection. So that, that's really neat. Yeah. So, um, I know on Instagram, fr.unclesam is a great way for people to get connected with you. And just because they call you doesn't mean they're locked into a 20 year contract. It's just a conversation. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show. And if, if you want to have a conversation with me and I, we can talk about it. No strings attached. You can get me on Instagram, fr.unclesam. You can direct message me there. You can also email me at priestrecruitereast at gmail.com. And you want more information on chaplaincy just in, in general, a great resource is goarmy.com slash chaplain. And uh, we'll have a conversation. Whether you're, whether you're a young man thinking about the priesthood or maybe you're a priest who wants to come in the army, get, get in touch with me and we can talk some more. That's great. Well, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it, Father. Thanks so much. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Greetings, dear listener. This is your conscience speaking. It's incredibly terrifying that your conscience sounds exactly like Taylor. But here it is. This is, this is what your conscience sounds like in 2024. And your conscience is telling you that you've heard a lot of ads from that Taylor guy saying, hey, if you like the show and you enjoy it and you listen to it pretty often, you should probably support it with your money. And, you know, it's, it is the new year and you probably got that promotion or that Christmas bonus. And you're like, hey, I need to do some more tithing. Well, I, as your conscience is saying, you should go to ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Donate a one-time gift to ease your conscience. If that doesn't work, you can try a monthly gift of $5, $10, $25, $50, $100 a month. And me as your conscience, I'm telling you that this is all tax deductible because obviously I'm a conscience. I would know that. And even more than making the government happy, it also makes the Lord happy because giving to a Catholic charitable organization gets you 17 minutes out of purgatory. We all know this. We all know this because I'm your conscience and now we are we. This is getting become very confusing, but you should donate. ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Thank you and you're welcome because I'm your conscience. Welcome back to Forte Catholic and welcome back to Keith Redacted of Grassroot Catholic over on the old Instagram. You're a few other places too. You've got a YouTube channel. Uh, I think there's a whole website too, huh? Website? No, I don't have a website. No website. We, we got fi- to fix that. I don't. This, this is not 2005, okay, Taylor. <laughs> I have a website. <laughs> that's okay. the only well, you- thing I have that's more popular than yours. Your YouTube's more popular than mine. Your <laughs> Instagram's more popular than mine. My website is popping compared to yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
another thing, you know, when I think of topics uh, for like our you know typical co-hosts, I'm like, I always like to match topics with certain people. And I, I had this topic uh, like in my notes app for like a month, month and a half. And it was one of those ones that was like, it was always the fourth topic. Typically, we cover three topics on a show. It was always the fourth topic. And then three other topics would pop up. It became the fourth topic again, fourth topic. So we just kind of never got to it. And I think it's because God knew that I was going to ask you to come on the show and that we were going to uh, be able to talk about this. So uh, I want to talk about uh, piety and reverence because uh, I had this thought during during Advent, you know, it's the season of, of darkness preparing for the light. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of feeling like that it matched pretty well with kind of how I was feeling, you know, maybe a little bit of this winter depression or kind of just kind of slowing down. And because we're slowing Mm -hmm. down, I start dealing with maybe the, some of the traumas and the just exhaust physical exhaustion from the year. Like it was a busy year. A lot happened this year. I finally started slowing down. just like, whoo, right. And so I think um, whenever we get into times like that, both like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, when we're just kind of tired, it's not like I was like, like anything was terrible going on. It's just, I was just exhausted. So Mm. I realized both in like a lot of like my human relationships, like with like my wife or my kids or family, friends, whatever. It's like, I love them. And like the whole, we talk about love being a choice, but I wasn't like feeling it with 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 them and and like and with god and i think that my relationship with god was probably the most emblematic of, of this issue of like i'm still going to mass i still went to confession but it was like solely almost solely out of like i know i should be doing this i know it might even need help in this situation i'm still going to mass i'm choosing to pray i'm choosing to read my bible um choosing to go to confession but like the love wasn't there so i was just in this place of like yes when we don't feel it, we have to choose love. But I felt like I was kind of stuck in that spot for a few weeks, maybe even a month. Um, and, uh, you know, I, so I looked up, I think it was, it was from a homily. They're talking about like our devotion to the Lord. And I was like, Oh, I've had, I've been saying yes to the Lord, but I'm not sure if like my heart's in it. And when I hear devotion, I think like, Oh, my heart is fully in this. So, uh, you talk a lot about piety and devotion. So, um, and you're just a Catholic human male. So I figured you've gone through this as well. So, um, (laughs) I want to hear your thoughts on, um, because I'm sure you found yourself in this situation of like, I'm doing this because I know it's right for me, but I may not be feeling it. And how, what, what did you do to get out of it? Cause we're at this time of new years and everybody's trying to do new things and I would like to get out of it. And I would like for you to help me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I could say I've, I've had this happen to me, but I'm perfect. And oh, every, uh, right, that's our time. Matter, so. That's our time. We got it. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think. It is sometimes a good thing to be in a spiritual rut or spiritual dryness because that gives us the opportunity to kind of figure out like what's missing from the picture here. Do I need what do I need to work on a little bit more to grow even more in love with God and or you know our spouses or our children? And you know, thinking back, what really helped me out, and I wish I would have had one sooner. I just didn't even know there, you know, even though these existed. Once again, as a millennial, this is something that I don't know if it's new or it's old, but having someone to talk to you like a spiritual director, um, someone to help like, hey, what's your prayer life like? Oh, it's this, this, and this. Okay. How about you add this and maybe remove this or maybe do something like that, like someone who can guide you through said spiritual dryness or a spiritual rut or like I said, just 
kind of going through the motions, you know, it's important, which is good. The fact that we're choosing to do these things because we know it's important, but not getting the feeling out of it or, or having that, maybe that moments that we've had previously that we really know uh, we love God and and having that, I don't know, that feeling. So I, I think spiritual direction has been helpful for me. Um, and like I said, didn't even know that was a thing. And by the time I got to, I'm like, why haven't I done this sooner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that would be my recommendation is to know that this is an opportunity for growth and potentially have someone walk you through it. That's what I hoped this would be. You're you're the guy. <laughs> uh, don't listen to I, I don't, me. I don't go to spiritual direction or podcasting. I just or, uh, I don't go to spiritual direction or uh, you know counseling. I, I just podcast once a week with with a, a person further along in the spiritual life than me. It's therapeutic, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, very rare experience for counseling is I get feedback on my sessions. People are like, oh, you suck in the comments. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Growth for humility. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to play a little. Uh, I feel like because right, you talk about reverence and a lot of times that that's involved yeah. with like the, a reverent mass. And a lot of times you're like, what is, you know, you you've I've seen you post videos, but like, what do, what do you mean by um, reverent mass? So. Um, I, I've seen you do those videos. People can go watch them at, at Grassroot Catholic on Instagram and not a website. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about like, what does reverence look like for you outside of mass? Like, how do you show reverence of God outside of, outside of like when you're just living your day-to-day life or yeah. your prayer life or whatever? So what, what does reverence look like in just everyday life outside of mass? I would say is just how you're acting with others. So, you know, <laughs> I, it's something that I'm currently working on, especially during like work where it's like, you know, maybe you have a bad situation or you have a bad scenario go down and you're just complaining. Like you're, you're, you're complaining to your coworkers about it. And that's all you seem to do is just complain about all these calls. And you're kind of like being sarcastic, you know, maybe curbing that biting your tongue and, and not, and offering that up to God. That's helped me a lot. Um, and that will, people will start to notice like, he doesn't complain about a lot. It doesn't mean you have to be like the perfect smiley, like fake person that's walking around, but, you know, try not to, you know, cuss, you know, swear words, um, you know, trying to implement prayer during your day too helps with that, you know, because you're, you're doing, you're, you're working for your family, which, you know, in a certain is essentially working, um, supporting your family you know, in uh, I don't want to put it like you're you're not only just for family, but also for God. Um, yeah. So I'd say that. Yeah, that's good. I um, I I went down this like rabbit hole on um, uh, you know, Wikipedia has like or like Wikipedia or dictionary.com, one of the two, right? Where like the definitions always have words that I need to find in the definitions, right? So I just kind of like, like kept clicking, right? So I went from like, what does it mean to be devoted? Because I was like, devoted and love, I think a lot of times they're synonymous, but for whatever reason, I was like, I feel like I'm in love and choosing love for God, my family, relationships, friends, whatever. But I, don't, I didn't feel like devoted. Like devotion mm. kind of feels like, oh, like I'm, I'm all in. Like I, I think of like, like a guy in a military movie laying down his life to protect his uh, love mm. or, or, or tribe or whatever. Like that's devotion, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so I looked up devoted and it was like religious fervor, piety, and act of prayer. So then I was like, okay, well, what is like fervor again? Mm -hmm. It's like, I was thinking about like sports. Like we watched a lot of sports over the break. There's a lot of bowl games and football and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And it's like, I feel fervor for those games. And it's like, why, why do I feel fervor cheering for these teams or whatever? It's like one, I've invested like literally financially, like I bet $5 on this game, $10 on this. So like I'm financially invested. Right. But then also it's like, why am I, why do I care about like the NFL? It's like a lot of times, like I, it's because I, I'm connected to the storylines. I've been listening to podcasts all week about like, oh, this person's having a great year. That like we love sports because of the stories, right? It's like okay, the, the outcomes of the game are great, but it's like, oh, this guy has a comeback story. Like that's what everybody talks about every week. Oh, this guy came back after two years, or this guy came back after injury, or mm-hmm. this guy, you know, um, went and scored a touchdown and gave the ball to his mom. It's like those. That's that's why we love sports, right? So I was thinking about like, okay, investment financially, but then also investment is like, I've given my time to this. I've paid attention to this. So I was like, oh, it's almost like the, just like the the thing that I've been doing, even though it hadn't felt great of like saying yes Mm -hmm. to God is the Mm -hmm. thing that will get me out of it. Cause how do I get invested? Is I stay connected to the story, like reading, reading the Bible, reading the category, going to mass, whatever. And then like, what will make me care? It's like, it's, it's the stories. It's like my story, my involvement with the church, my involvement with God. Um, so that was religious fervor. And then it got to, um, here, here's what, um, so that was kind of encouragement, like the encouragement yeah. of like, keep doing what you're doing. But then also the next word was the challenge. Cause I looked up reverence and like the word under reverence was solemn, respect, formal, dignified, serious. So I was like, okay, we finally got to words that don't really explain me at all. <laughs> like this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a formal person. I'm not a dignified person. I'm not a serious person and solemn respect. I think I can, I, I think I can do that. And I think here, here's kind of where, where I found myself. And I mentioned earlier, we're going to have these, like these two dichotomies of two good things, right? Like we have God as King of the universe who we owe all of our respect to and all of our reverence to, and we should bow to him whenever, whenever we see him. But then we also have like, Jesus came as one of us at Christmas, walk with people, ate with people, is our friend, right? So it's like, we have to constantly be balancing those two. We can't do all of one. We can't just have Jesus as a friend and do whatever the heck we want and never treat him as king. But if we only treat him as king and never as friend, then like we're missing the entire like Jesus mm-hmm. part of the story, right? So mm-hmm. we have to find this balance. And I think my personality, just kind of how God made me, I, I tend to, when I'm making a mistake, kind of trend towards the Jesus is my friend and we're hanging out and lose the dignity, the reverence, yeah. that that sort of thing. Um, my assumption is uh, when you're balancing thing, you might go on the other side. It's my assumption, correct? Uh, I try. I'm, I, that's a really good point. I try to keep a balance of, and I typically do, yeah, I, I treat Jesus as the king first and friend second. Uh-huh. And I try to keep that balance because you're right. You don't want to like go one way or another because it's not as balanced and um, maybe not as feel as like uh, an authentic relationship or something. But yeah, I'd say try to keep it balanced. Yeah. So when you find, so the problem that I'm having of kind of finding myself drifting more into like my natural state of like maybe a little bit more friend than King, like, I don't even know. Do you tend to, do you ever find yourself maybe falling away from seeing Jesus uh, as, as a, like as a friend or whatever. Does that, I, I don't even know if the question makes sense, but do you have the opposite problem of what I have is what I'm asking. 
Probably. I mean, I, so when I'm treating Jesus as King, it's usually during mass. Like it's that formal ceremony. Like he's the King. I'm going to, you know, follow the rubrics, be reverent. But if it's in like my everyday prayer life, I'm like, Jesus, please help me. Uh, You're my friend. You're also my King. Like, (laughs) and then have that, you know, the, the conversational that you would have with a friend outside of, of, uh, you know, mass. Right. So um, when I I was thinking about like my, my personal prayer, right? And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about is like, I, I know like you and I have talked before about like, you know, I, like I, I feel like I understand what you mean and what probably the church means about like being reverent in mass, but like in personal prayer, like when you're on a random Tuesday evening or morning, whenever you pray, right? What is, what is reverence? And, and like these words that I tend to be lacking in, you know, this for, form, formal, dignified, serious, how, how can I make my normal prayer life a little bit more, um, uh, formal, dignified. Uh, I mean, formal, obviously, you know, when, and that's tough because it's going to vary depending on someone who's single versus someone who has like young kids running around like crazy. Like you, yeah, I don't care about them. I'm asking about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to the basics, like some of the prayers, you know, um, is always a good thing. Cracking open that old Bible. Um, you know, that I think sometimes, and I do too, I, I try to think too much about my prayer life to the point where I get overwhelmed. Like I've got to do this novita and I forgot to do one day and now I have to do it all over again. And now I like all my rest of my prayers that I do is just going out the window. Um, I think here it is. I think this is what it is spending time in silence Mm. and, and opening your ears to listen. I I think I don't do that enough, fairly enough than I should. That might be more important than just going through the ropes and just saying all these prayers, depending on where you're at. You know, obviously things can change. Life changes. Prayer life may need to change with it, which is why it's so important to get a spiritual director and not me, Taylor. I'm not your spiritual director. I think, but I I think you just became it because I think that's exactly <sighs> what it means. I, when you said I more more silence, <laughs> well, <laughs> what, now, now you're getting into my wounds of my spiritual director. The last one quit too. <laughs> um, but I I think you're right because I, I think when I open my mouth, I'm the court jester, so I'm not dignified. But when I shut up. I can I can be pretty dignified. I can look pretty dignified when I, when my mouth is closed. So I think I think you're probably right. I, so you know here here we are in the new year thinking about uh, you know what, the, these minor tweaks because again it's like it's not like I was you know murdering people and never praying. It's like I was saying yes to the things. I just didn't feel the fervor. And I think um, what's very interesting about what you said about the silence is a lot of times with like with my wife like when you know because I how long have you been married? Uh, almost ten years. Okay, cool. So we're right around the same. We're we're at eleven, mm-hmm. and you know, like you you get in these times where, especially like it's almost like at Advent, you know, these bu- busy season, getting ready for Christmas. It's like we're busy. We're wrapping up. We're both wrapping up stuff for work. We're both literally wrapping things like for for Christmas and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's a busy time, but like the times where I felt most connected to her was like we were just sitting silently, like you know, doing something, together, watching TV or, or watching a Christmas movie or whatever. And even though we weren't like talking, I wasn't saying much. It's like we still felt close in those moments so i mm-hmm. think i think yeah. you're right with with um with i, I think that's the thing that uh, i'm going to take as as my encouragement for for the rest of the year so thank you spiritual director keith redacted <laughs> you owe me 
<laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'll uh, send you. Yeah. I'll send you your hourly rate of seven fifty <laughs> an hour for spiritual direction. Simony, a <laughs> little bit of simony. So, um, what's new? What's what's coming up in the new year for old grassroot Catholic? I don't know, Taylor. What do you, what am I? <laughs> uh, I can't see in the future. Uh, no, um, it's. I don't know. It's it's really. For me, a website I'm trying maybe? to figure out. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go back to 2005 and create a website. Okay, and it's just going to say grassroots Catholic, and that's it. Uh, and then follow me on Instagram, and then that's it. Because I don't there know what, what am I. What am I going to put on a website, Taylor? Content. What content? Uh, uh, like your from Instagram? daily videos. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! They might as well just go to Instagram at that point. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I, you know. I've had to like turn down a lot of invites to certain things, which is kind of a bummer, but it's just stage of life. Like I'm having to sacrifice some things to to be with my my family as far as a newborn and whatnot. So um I'm gonna take it easy for 2024, I think. I think I'm gonna like kind of start building momentum back up because I cannot keep up with posting every single day in this stage of life. So um oh. I think it's going to be more of like an interior rebuilding of personal stuff and then hitting it hard maybe in the following year. So what you're telling me is that your Christmas gift to me is giving smaller creators on Instagram like me a chance and you're going to take a little <laughs> bit of a backseat in 2024. No, Thank you. That's not a kind. chance. I'm still going to post. <laughs> I'm not giving you the full reins there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not packing it up. I'm just going to like take it back a little bit. So. All right. Well, I was going to tell everybody to go follow you, but I guess we should wait hey, until 2025. Hey. <laughs> How dare you? No, you can. Fo- I, like I said, Taylor, I'm still post. Get out of here. I'll still post, just not at my breakneck speed that I've been doing for the last two years. So, at, at Grassroot Catholic on Instagram, for some uh, no apparent reason at all on Twitter slash X, you're Grassroot Catholic without a certain vowels. It's very confusing. Uh, you're very hard to find. Okay, you know, <laughs> Twitter is really strange because it wouldn't let me for whatever reason. I think it was just the amount of words or letters. It was like breaching, and so I was like, okay, what am I going to take out? I guess the A and an S and maybe an O or two. It just worked out that way. So. It's rough. It's, it's real rough. It's I'm like, who who is this person talking to me? I'm like, oh, I think it's Keith. Grusher Keith. Yeah. Grusher Keith. You didn't have enough money to buy the vowels. <laughs> no, no I'm not, not there yet. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. Well, um, look forward to it. Don't look forward to it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, go, go hit the, the follow button. So when he posts once every other day as a big change this year, you can, uh, you can, you can stay connected. Uh, Keith Redacted, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun. All right. Well, big thanks to you. Big thanks to Father Uncle Sam. We hope that you uh, enjoyed listening to this episode. I will be back next week. He'll be back in probably a year and a half uh, because that's that's when we tend to do these things. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to today's show. I hope that you enjoyed it with our returning friend, Keith, and our new friend, Father Peter Pompasello, old Mr. Uncle Sam over there. Make sure that you follow both of them over on Instagram. Get connected with them. They're great, great guys doing great things. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. You still haven't done it yet. And now this is your conscience speaking, saying you must share this with that Catholic person in your life or that person who left the church and needs a good doorway back into Catholicism. Here it is. All right, 
Back to being Taylor. Enjoy your week. Love you guys. And we'll talk to you very soon. Bye.